0: Back on the network. And this time we're speaking with Jasmine Reed Clark. Jasmine, somebody I met a while ago, and we have some mutual friends, and one in particular, Kayla. Big shout out to you. And in this conversation, we just talk about life and a variety of things related to it. Jasmine's upbringing, where she comes from, but also we dive really into being two people uh, who are black. And what that means and how we've been discussing and dealing with social unrest, uh, racial inequity, things of that nature. And then we jump and go into podcasting, how that's a microcosm for society. So go to a lot of different places and have a lot of fun. I think you'll feel the chemistry when you listen to the podcast. So enjoy the conversation between myself and Jasmine Reed clark okay we are back in the network this time with jasmine jasmine how are you today
1: i'm good how are you darian
0: good good i was pretty pumped about our last conversation i thought it was really nice i love chatting with people ahead of time Yeah,
1: yeah for sure and building that rapport making sure they're not crazy it's it's always a good time <laughs>
0: You know what? That is part of it. And to make sure people actually can speak on a long form thing, because sometimes people are used to doing interviews and they're very, um, how do I want to say it? P- too presentable, in a sense. Oh, yeah.
1: absolutely. And as a former uh, recruiter, I definitely know that where I'm like, I can tell you, you've rehearsed this answer far too many <laughs> times. So, for sure.
0: Yeah, I don't want that. So, it's just a conversation. And uh, and people, I think, really appreciate that. So thank you for coming on. I appreciate it.
1: Of course.
0: So we connected actually a while back. Maybe... <laughs> some years back or something like that, I think.
1: Um, Yes, Kayla. uh, Shout out to Kayla. I'm sure she's listening. Big shout out. (laughs) She is like the world connector. Um, That girl has never met a stranger. And she. the thing that I love about the way she connects with people is it's so authentic. It never feels like slimy or she never has a hidden agenda. She is a true free spirit and just believes in Connection of people, so yeah, and you've been a wealth of knowledge ever since.
0: Oh, thank you, thank you. Well, I thought, you know, as we were uh, speaking last time, and then Kayla reached out to me, said, "I've been listening to your podcast. Jasmine has to be on the show." I was like, "Okay, I mean, uh, (laughs) sure. Uh, Let's let's chat, you know." So I'm, I'm willing to speak pretty much with anybody for the
1: most. Yes, well, I better live up to the hype. Can you imagine if you know by the time this intro, like that girl, was boring as hell? Don't suck. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's well, the bar we've set people as long as i don't suck i've i've lived well, up yeah there.
0: yeah exactly well you know some people are more fun than others some people more serious you know whatever it just it, i just become whatever it needs to become during the the process you know yeah. well,
1: so let's kick talk? it off i want to yeah. know
0: about oh no don't worry i got this <laughs> all right <laughs> You will never have silence or weird awkwardness with me. Uh, none, that, I'm not like that ever in my life. I'm like, no, no, no. But I wanted to learn a little bit about um, your beginnings and how you got to where you are now. You know, we'll talk a little bit about professionally, but I would love to know. I don't think I know any, anything about where you grew up or anything like that, you know?
1: Ooh, okay. So we're going to take it way back. Uh, I was born in Atlanta, Georgia. I was born and raised there. um, And then I went off to college at Ohio University. So I spent some time in Athens, Ohio, uh, very like Appalachian. And then I graduated in 2013. And like most people, I didn't have a job. So I had to, you know, (laughs) mooch off my parents for a couple of years. And at the time they were living in Dallas. Now they live in Florida, which we just visited. And it is insane uh, to be there. What do you
0: mean? What do you mean? Uh,
1: I don't think they know that Uh, there's a pandemic right now. (laughs) Granted, they live in Destin. (laughs) Wait, Wait,
0: wait, wait a minute. Oh, I love Destin. I've been there. It's so awesome.
1: Okay. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like people are like, they treat the pandemic like calories. They're like, oh, these calories don't count. Or like, this social <laughs> distancing doesn't count here. People were staring at us like we were crazy. Um, But I mean- Why?
0: Were you like wearing masks and stuff yeah. and actually like, oh, caring you know, about your health?
1: Exactly. Just taking precaution, trying to like- Lessen the curve and stuff. So, um, I think I think people looked at us like we were making more of a political statement than anything. Why?
0: Come on, I mean, I, why does it have to be like that?
1: I know, and God, and I know I'm getting off on a tangent, but I was. Okay. It kind of hit me like yesterday. I'm like, holy shit! It's August, and I really thought things would be over by now. And it seems like we are nowhere close to being over. <laughs> So, just can we all get on the same page? We have an election coming. We we'll have plenty of time to fight about politics. Yes. Just I want to get on the same page. But, um, but now they live in Destin, but they were living in Dallas. So I've been living in Dallas for seven years, and I have I feel like a cat with many lives. I used to be in social mm. media and advertising, and then I was in HR and recruiting. And then um, actually just to bring it all back, the pandemic hit. I was super unhappy at this new job I had just taken. And on my 60 days, I sent in a resignation letter and I started going out on my own. So now I'm on this whole other journey of being a full-time freelancer. But so far, it's treated me incredibly well. In fact, I get to speak to people like you. Um, And I don't know how hippy-dippy you are, but I definitely feel more in alignment with my calling in the universe. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's funny how COVID, um, while I wouldn't wish what has happened on, on our world, I'm grateful for the silver lining of it affirming that we should always keep trusting our guts and move in the direction that we feel Called to,
0: yeah. There's a lot there. I'm gonna be getting to. Just so you know. Oh uh, <laughs> Let's back up. Let's back the time machine up. Okay. And you were in social media. Yeah. What was that like working in that environment?
1: Ooh. Now, when I was doing it, it was 2013 to 2016, and so this was before the word influencer was a thing. This oh gosh. Was, oh, I mean, it was so different then. Um. sometimes I'm interested to see how I would like it now but back then it was very gotta get that follower count up it Mm. was not as it it felt very soulless for me, and that's not to knock anyone who loves it um, because I definitely have a different appreciation for it now. I think I'm, again, since 2020, we can see the power that it has. Um, but at the time, <laughs> there were no movements being done. It was pretty much like posting pictures of your breakfast. Um, oh, no. But it was, yeah, it was it was good to live in. But the one thing I'll say I learned, and I'll kind of sprinkle in Public relations world here too is I definitely learned how competitive people could be. And I definitely met a certain type of coworker, which every industry is going to have that competitive dog eat dog person in the office. I'm not saying it's exclusive to social media, but I think I definitely saw more of those personality types. Um, So I was grateful when I did leave. Um, But one thing I will also say to to kind of like, you know, be honest and clean it up a little bit. I am really happy that social media taught me so much about creativity and like staying on your toes because those algorithms change all the time and just to be like a lifelong student. So I did get good things out of my time in social media.
0: You know, it's funny. You're like, I did get something good out of it. Yes. Out <laughs> like, <laughs> like- <that laughs> of nothingness, there was something good
1: yeah. it. Just like this COVID thing, like if nothing else, I've learned, Jasmine, stop planning things like five years in advance. Yeah. Like, just, I feel like COVID was like, girl, take several seats. Like, you're over yeah. here with this cute little vision board, just learn to be in the moment. <laughs> so, you know, there's always a silver lining.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. You know, I, uh, man, I've talked to a lot of people about vision board planning and all this stuff. And I think I used to be in like, yeah, I'm, what's what am I going to do in 5 years, 10 years and I I don't know. I don't do that anymore. Honestly, I just I'm just like, what am what am I doing today? Like Exactly. I I'm, so- I'm alive today. That's amazing. Somebody's upset back there, man.
1: Yes, it is. Uh, my dog. <laughs> Sorry. There's
0: a dog back there. He uh. is
1: Oh, and he he sounds like 200 pounds and he's all of 10 pounds and a
0: tiny toy dog oh is a toy dog.
1: yes he can't do anything he's um he's like part yorkie part miniature schnauzer but he thinks he's <laughs> well and it's funny when we take him to like well when we did take him to like the doggy hotel if we were going on a trip they would always have to put him with the big dogs because he would bully like the little dogs and he thought he was a to the 100th degree. Wow. So wow. um no, but exactly. I think that that's definitely what I'm getting out of this year as well. I'm by nature more of a planner. So it I'm really grateful what you said like I have today and I'm surviving today and I think it has absolutely grounded me in a way. I'm still and I will always be somebody who's in the in the stars and the clouds, um, actually to kind of touch on Kayla again, her impression of me is very like the stars, the moons, the the sky, you know, like I'm very abstract, but I'm very thankful to now kind of mature and have more wisdom and understand all you can do is take things day by day and be so grateful for the people right now. And don't wait to say, I love you. Don't wait to say, F you too sometimes, you know, sometimes you got to be, so, so yeah, definitely on that, that wavelength as well.
0: Most definitely. Actually, I I just wrote an article for this magazine about like connecting to other people and bringing people towards you in connection. And (sighs) one of the things I gave kind of, gave kind of a three-step process, but one of it, one of the steps was um, tell people they're good, you know, be honest with people um, and don't wait to do that. That's one of my big things like Mm -hmm. when I talk to people is like, I like to tell them, hey, I really appreciate you. You're a good person. Uh, Your time is really important to me. And I'll just just give them like fill their bucket, you know?
1: Absolutely. We don't do that
0: enough. We're always taking out of people's buckets, you know, and what you don't do well or just what you, things like that.
1: Oh, absolutely. And one thing, it was already a new year's resolution but now I've leaned into it a bit more, is I always think, oh, when I catch up with people, it needs to be this hour-long thing, two-hour-long thing, or it needs to be a trip. So I've just been better about if I'm walking the dog and I think about someone, pick up the phone. It could be 10 minutes, but it still counts and you're still nourishing that relationship. So I'm trying to be better about um, – just reaching out when the person crosses your mind and what you said, just filling up that bucket and putting a smile on their face.
0: Most definitely. Before I ask you something else, I'm going to, Kayla, you better be listening to this when I say this. (laughs) You got to stop drinking that Rainier beer. It's disgusting, (laughs) low quality beer. (laughs) Have higher candy. Anyways, we're moving on. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about.
1: Yes, that's (laughs) that Midwest in her, you know?
0: Garbage. Uh, So so as you transition in your career and and so doing, uh, being an entrepreneur, tell me some surprising things you've learned about yourself and moving in that
1: direction. Oh my God, such a great, great question. All right. Well, things I've learned about myself, I am kind of a rule breaker. I didn't, I really fancied myself uh, this very sweet, which I'm, I think I am very sweet, but part of why I broke into this is I was so unhappy following the rules all of the time at my last job. Um, and it wasn't a going against the grain or being bullheaded for the sake of being bullheaded, but it was like, uh, this isn't right. I don't really care if this is what people do at like the boys club. So, I went out on my own and I'm realizing I don't always like to do things the most traditional way and I love to do things that feel good to me. Um so typically it's I love for things to feel really organic. Um something else I'm learning about myself uh to go back to rule breaking and being stubborn is it's been a very humbling experience. I think so I'm only 29. And I have I think sometimes I I have too much pride to sit down and learn um, and just think, oh, but I should already have all the answers. It must mean something. If I don't, does it mean I should have never gone out on my own? And getting over that pride has been really great and just sitting down and watching a bunch of Skillshare classes or listening to a bunch of business podcasts and understanding that to go out on your own, you never needed all the answers. So you don't have to be too proud to seek out wisdom from other people. You can still be a strategic free thinker while still learning from others, which is so interesting that I had to learn that in business because of my personal life. I'm the person who wants to sit with the old people at the wedding and and learn about you know all of their wisdom so i so it's been really lovely to understand i can apply that same um appetite to business other things i've learned about myself i there is not enough time for imposter syndrome sometimes i'll talk myself out of actually so this weekend I was asked to speak in a in a pan, a panelist and it's all about like mental health. And they wanted me to take a mental health um, angle a, around career transition during COVID. And I had that moment of like, oh my gosh, am I even good enough? What am I going to talk about? I'm not a licensed therapist. And then I was like, then the like, Sasha Fierce in my brain was like, no, no, boo-boo, because oh, you've been no. doing therapy. <laughs> you've been going to therapy for 10 years. You talk about therapy all the time on social media. And you just did a huge career transition during COVID. You are the absolute right person. And so it's kind of like this angel and devil on my shoulder. And it's um, except the angel, I guess, is imposter syndrome, and the devil is like the confidence I should always lean into. And so that's the other thing is just embracing that more confident side of myself that I guess I never really felt in corporate America. So those are some interesting things I've learned. And one thing, last thing I would, I just kind of want to throw out there. Maybe you've experienced it is I think when you go out on your own, you really see who's there to support you and what loyalty looks like in friendships. So I think I'm also just learning a lot more about relationships and, People who believe in you and support you. And what I think, I guess the way I want support to look in my life is evolving. I want I want encouragement. Mm. I want people in my corner. Oh, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. Oh. I want to hear more. Well, I got to, yeah. You know what? <laughs> That's an important point. How do you want support to look like in your life? I don't think a lot of people think about Mm-mm. how they want to be supported. You know, throw it around like, support me but like it's good to operationalize what does that mean for you so expand upon that oh
1: absolutely so um okay do you and your wife talk about like the love languages
0: yeah we've definitely talked about it
1: okay so i used to only apply that to my romantic relationships my own marriage and over the last about 18 months i've realized no, like that really has to show up in your working relationships, in your uh friendships. So to go into that, when I went out on my own, um, I, I really didn't tell anyone. And I had one friend who reached out and she's like, Why did I have to find this out, you know, through the grapevine that mm-hmm. you quit your job? And I was really honest with her. I was like, Well, to be honest. You never really encouraged me. Like, you're always the f- – and we hey, we do need that friend to pull us down and be like, have you thought about X, Y, and Z? But she can kind of be that more pessimistic friend. And I was like, and that's not the kind of energy I really needed right now. Um, I just didn't need any more negative energy. And I want support to look like, okay, if it's an article I've just written, read it or like it or share it if I am coming out, for example, I have a podcast debuting in September. So support would be like, yeah, thank you. Support is going to look like, congratulations. Good for you, Jazz. Oh, by the way, I listened to your first episode. I really love this. Oh, and then if you have constructive feedback, that's fabulous too. But it's the friends who want to support you in silence, um, which I think has just been highlighted this year through the Black Lives Matter movement as well. Um, But I don't need silent support anymore. And that's what I've learned throughout 2020 in all different avenues. And I want someone who is vocal with their appreciation. And I want somebody who is passionate with their encouragement. That's what I need.
0: You heard it here. This is what (laughs) Jasmine wants. So if you don't do it, just step off. All right. Yeah.
1: Just <laughs> for the birds, just go find other friends. I just, but, but how do you like, is that how you have felt too? Is you're like, oh, this, this isn't going to mm. cut it anymore.
0: You know, I, I got a weird thing kind of like, um, I feel like, so for me, I grew up in a military family mm-hmm. and I was moving around all the time. So I never had like a lot of friendships growing up. I mean, I was friendly with people, but I always knew they were going to, essentially. And because, you know, when I was growing, I'm 42, we didn't have the internet and stuff, you know, so um when you there was really no communication when you left somebody, it wasn't like, oh, we can go check messages, you know, or text each other, or, you know, whatever, you know, like, it was like, we're done. You know, mm-hmm. your little kids It's not like you're sitting on the phone talking to each other you know, exactly. from another country. <laughs> so it was a lot of beginnings and a lot of endings in my life regularly. And I think, that kind of manifested itself early in my adulthood where I was just like, all right, whatever, you know, like, and, and it's still somewhat for me, like, I, I like being encouraged. I like support, but I don't feel the, the pull to like need people to tell me about it.
1: That's really interesting. Um, So it doesn't, it doesn't
0: really matter that much to me. Like It matters, but what I'm saying is, I'm sticking my foot in my mouth here. It matters, but I don't like desire like people kind of telling me, "Man, you're doing great and stuff." Oh, please! I like doing that to other people. I enjoy doing that, but (sighs) Mm -hmm. I don't desire it for myself.
1: And and I think that stuff is so interesting. Like I don't know how much you're into like psychology and personality quizzes, but. I am addicted to the Enneagram and like Myers-Briggs. And it's really interesting when you hear that. And and to be honest, I envy people like you. I really do. My husband is like that. He doesn't need a bunch of validation. But um, – and don't get me wrong. I think there's a point it can be unhealthy, which speaking of therapy, we have talked about at length in therapy um, about validation. But definitely, I have realized over the years, words of affirmation is – Words of affirmation and quality time are my top love languages. And I realize it's not just um, applicable to my marriage, it is applicable to all of my relationships. So, words of encouragement definitely mean a lot to me.
0: You're awesome.
1: Thank you. <laughs> More. There you go. Here, you want some encouragement? I'll throw it on to you. All right, Jasmine, you're doing a great job today. Thank
0: you. Jeez, man. <laughs> <laughs> No, everybody, you know, likes different things, but I think it's important to, if you really, if you desire something, you should say that you desire something, you know, for that, and be open about what you want. I mean, communication in any form is really important with that. Just for me, like my wife will ask me, like, well, you know, what do you want? Like, how do you want to be, you know, uh, supported in, in sense of like what you're doing with your projects? I'm like. I don't know. Like I just do. I just do it, man. I'm like you don't. I don't need you to tell me like, oh, keep doing this. Push yourself. Like, uh, blah. I'm like I just. I've always had an incredible drive internally to get things done. Mm-hmm. I, um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying like mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want people to think, look at this guy. He doesn't need anybody. That's not true. I I'm like any human being. I need other people, but I just don't. I don't thrive on external factors to push me to do things. I just say, hey, want to do something. I'm going to get it done. Boom. Let's make it happen. You know, exactly. type of thing.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, but no, every, and people
0: are different though, you know?
1: Yeah. No, but you have found the key. I am working, I'm ghostwriting for somebody right now, but that's one thing he and I talk about is fueling that inner motivation and that inner fire so that you're not projecting onto other people or, um, creating like a toxic environment. Cause sometimes, you know, that needing that external validation, like I said, can get unhealthy and it can definitely get unhealthy in the workplace. So, um, you may have found the meaning to life is all I'm saying.
0: I I know the meaning of (laughs) a (laughs) life. So tell me about how, um, social unrest, black lives matter has affected you. And um, we, I think we talked slightly about this, maybe in the past, maybe not. I've talked to so many people, man, it's, yeah. it gets jumbled. <laughs> but I know, as um, two people, and maybe you guys, since this is not video, you can't tell what we look like. Uh, but we are of the people of color persuasion, yes. <laughs> most of us. <laughs> and so, obviously, this is a topic for us that is, I'm sure, has meaning. So, I'd love to hear the meaning for you, you know.
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. It has been. Well, I'm sure for you as well, a roller coaster of emotion. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not shy about my internal struggle of on one hand, I am so happy people have arrived to the movement and have come to the party, but I would be lying if I said there's not a part of me that is frustrated that it it took centuries and- Countless people being murdered for, um, you know, people to make it. But I am, at the very end of the day, very hopeful. I think when everything was going on, I was a little bit suspicious. I think we're seeing a lot of performative wokeness. I think that's kind of like mm. indisputable. Yeah.
0: Performative wokeness. <laughs> yes. I haven't heard of this. Whoa, will <laughs> stop. Okay, <laughs> Tell me about performative wokeness. What's that?
1: Uh, okay. So, and I, let's put the disclaimer out there. Do I think almost everyone is doing their best? Absolutely. Do I want people to participate, even if it means they're going to get it wrong, but they're going to be educated and then move on with better information. Absolutely. But performative work wokeness is when you're posting, whether it's a black square or a quote, but you are not doing anything in the background. You're not having conversations. You're Mm. not listening. You're not learning. You are not, um, Educating yourself on, you know, whether it's education reform, police reform, or just, hey, who who are some black figures other than Martin Luther King? Like, you are just sitting there and you are doing it to appease an external look. You are like, oh, shit. I don't really – like, I, I'm thinking about the corporate execs specifically, uh-huh. but they're like, okay, we don't need – a bad look. So let's put up this black square, say Black Lives matter, and then okay, business as usual. So though seeing that, that's very frustrating. Um, and to also understand, our struggle is not a commodity for commodity for profit. I don't really like when I'm seeing brands, I think pander to a movement um now some i do think some people like ben and jerry's you can tell it's authentic it's they've Mm -hmm. always been talking about civil rights um it's not about black lives matter now try this ice cream you know it's very um they understand i think they understand it so there are brands who i think do a great job but um But yeah, so that's performative wokeness, but of course, and all of us can be a part of that. And uh, so, of course, I was a little bit suspicious at the beginning, but I think a lot of us are learning, Um, but it's also very emotionally exhausting for sure. I mean, thankfully now I'm an entrepreneur, but the day I quit my job at my last company on my 60 days was when... The Ahmad Aubrey murder was really brought to the forefront, and I, it was just one of those like, I can't do this today. I just I can't anymore, yeah. and uh, and then the other thing that's been really tough is going back to having friends support you in silence or think their silent support is enough. I've definitely had some hard conversations um, with friends who just feel like, oh, I don't want to get political. And it's like, this isn't political. This is life or death. And if you are not for this movement, you are not for me. Um, Like for my life. If you care about me, you have to care about this movement. Um, And then outside of that, even just getting out of how it's affected different groups participating with one another. I think within our Black community, it's also opened up more conversations regarding colorism tokenism trans lives um because even as within our community we still have a lot of healing to do um so it's just even like toxic masculinity and homosexuality so i also am again it's hard and it's traumatic and i don't want to sit here and paint this like kumbaya because it's this stuff is heavy shit people like it's heavy but i can see that progress is being made and for that i'm hopeful and that's how i feel i know that's like a lo- like a like it's a lot to unload but um that's how i feel and i hope everyone i i i, I hope through the reflection people understand this isn't just about you and it really is about healing centuries of turmoil. So that's how I've been dealing with it. But it's also been cathartic to have these conversations out in the open. Beforehand, there were things that we talked – well, at least I talked with my friends privately about. Or, um, you know, it was something that, you know, you didn't talk about being black at work. And so I I really, really do love that now I I at least feel – I I feel like people are uh, embracing all of me now, or at least trying to embrace all of me now, not just the parts that are uh, the friendly black girl parts.
0: (laughs) Friendly black girl parts. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, it's been an interesting um, kind of timeline uh, on things. Uh, It has been somewhat exhausting uh, on my end as well, but Mm -hmm. I just like conversation, so I'm always willing to have any conversation. But I think this conversation on my end has been very educational to other people yeah, and trying to get them to understand. But also like I've transitioned to like, I got to do something. Like mm-hmm. I can only talk so much about this stuff, you know, and there needs to be things done. And I believe that the things that are done sometimes in the shadows with these things are not getting any publicity Are really is what's going to change a lot of things. We hype up what's happening on a national stage, but we don't hype up the things that are done locally with people to try to make these changes. And I know for myself, I, as soon as I, because I'm about getting things done, I, <laughs> I'm going to get things done type of person. I'm not kind of a talk about it forever type of thing and think that will change a bunch of things. It's good to have discussion. Believe me, I'm, my podcast is all about right. that. But <laughs> Exactly. that there's an action part that has to be a part of the equation. And so I certainly recognize that I have leverage now. I have some pa- level of power that I didn't maybe have before. Um, and so I've used that. I've met with the police chief in our town. Oh, he's a black true. police chief. We had amazing conversation. We're working on some ideas, programs to help people of color in the community, mm-hmm. meeting with the, uh, t- the superintendent of our school system. Um, it looks like I'm going to get on the diversity and equity committee for the school system. I would like to, yeah, I want to create um, essentially an, uh, an, un, an educational program K through 12 so that there's age appropriate education for all levels about what it means to be a person of color. And so that black, white kids, in, uh, Indian children, uh, Spanish children, whoever learn what it's like all over the board, every age group of understanding tolerance understanding Mm -hmm. equity inclusion all throughout so when they come out of high school and go into the world they've had this huge amount of information and training of how to be a better better human to other people that's
1: really great because um and i spoke about this on a different podcast we were taught we had our own education at home, um, on many different things. But I remember my parents sitting me down like, okay, if you get pulled over, like, this is what you have yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. And so when the black lives matter movement had a bit of a resurgence earlier, bit of <laughs> a huge resurgence, uh, earlier this year, because yeah. it's been around for many years. But, um, that was one thing that I remember a few white friends were like, is that true? Like, did your parents have to teach you all these other things at home? And I'm like, Come oh, on, man. <laughs> yeah, shit. Like, I guess for you, like, you don't, okay, yes. Well, yes, so-and-so. That is exactly the life I had growing up. Yeah. Um. So I think all of those actions are, and, and those are the things that are going to change things hundreds and hundreds of years from now. So that is so great. Yeah,
0: I mean, you gotta be, I think, these are not things that are going to change overnight, and Mm-mm. I know that as a, as a human race, we want things to change quickly all the time, <laughs> like in our favor. You know, we yeah. want, and that's just the that's just human nature with people. But you know, real positive change takes a long time. It really does, because oh, yeah. you're overcoming so much gridlock with people and their their beliefs and ideas uh, that they've grown up with, and. My whole approach is like, we got to get back to where this all begins. Really, really the the genesis of families, beginning parents, infants, you know, start creating, you know, these programs early in life. It's, it's, I'm not saying it's impossible to change an adult's mind who's, you know, 70 years old or whatever, but can be very difficult when you've had an entire lifetime of a certain thought, the mindset, you know. Oh, not I- impossible, but I think you got to start with the genesis. You got to deal with the the root of the issue, not just the symptoms all the time. You know.
1: Boom! Exactly that right there. A hundred percent agree. You
0: know, you can't put band-aids on things. It's like, okay, we can do some things immediately that I think are good, but if overall, it's going to take a very long time. And it's just like what we're dealing with COVID nineteen. You know, we had this idea like, oh, it's gonna be a couple months and stuff. But if you know pathology and virology and you take the time to understand that stuff, nothing works like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <You know>? mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing <laughs> in your life works like that. That is, you know, maybe insidious or you know difficult. It's it's a process. And I think we just want things to be done so quickly. People want to get in shape quickly, they want to get a raise quickly, they wanna be the CEO quickly, they want and nobody is like why do we not understand things take time you know but that's kind of our society it's a fast food society you know It it's, is
1: it's funny you say that because um one of my friends we're recording for the podcast um later well next week um but one thing she works in the entertainment business and now you would think she wa- she's a writer for Black Lady sketch show and she's worked with Disney and you know she has this really fabulous repertoire and you know she just did a commencement speech at her old high school so when they're uh you know presenting her to the stage it's like wow this person she's she's been nothing but black excellence right but being her friend she's like there's no such thing as an overnight success and there's so much rejection and it's like so much turmoil and back and forth and um and it's it just kind of reminded me of that like nothing is going to be overnight even no matter what it looks like from a stage so
0: no not at all and i think it's also responsibility of of a lot of people um to be a part of this whole thing you know it's uh, obviously i think it's very incumbent on white people they have to do their part clearly mm-hmm. because black people have tried for a long time oh mm mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so white people have a responsibility. You listen to this. You may yes. not agree with me, but I'm just telling you, like, you gotta, you have, you're a part of the equation. But I also believe that especially black folks who have done well in life, you got to get your ass together, man, and get out there and make a difference. You know, like, you got to recognize your leverage, your power. You do have it. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. recognize being in a small town on a border of an international border. I have leverage. And there are there are places in schools that they want to have diversity inclusion programs, but they don't see anybody that looks like me that maybe the message would be much more powerful to the students and stuff. So I'm like, I have power. Yes. I can go in and I can be a voice. I can actually make a change. So if you have a platform, you have an opportunity, you need to do something. You need to do something about it.
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent.
0: You know, it's good to support and, but- I'm not saying it needs to be something like you do what feels native to you. I don't want to tell somebody what they should actually do, but it should be something that feels native to you that you feel you can make a difference and it doesn't have to be spread all over the internet, like throw up, like (laughs) congratulate yourself. Like if it's just you doing stuff in the shadows, you just, I just like to work behind the scenes and do that, but don't sit on the sideline, you know, do something that feels native to you that will further things for people of color. Um, Again, white people too. Was you got to do that? You have to be a part of it, you know. Um, if the tables were turned, I would imagine they would be, It would be a similar conversation. <laughs>
1: you know yes, it mean? would
0: <laughs> help us out. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Oh,
0: no performative wokeness here. Although oh, I, never no. of <laughs> I never heard of that word. Never heard that phrase before. You're throwing around all types of words and stuff. I'm like, whoa! I'm just getting hit with all these words and stuff.
1: Oh, no, listen, listen. I I'm here. Well, I was gonna say all week, but I think I'm just here all hours. So maybe you're we'll just learn here, a few here more for words.
0: now. <laughs> you're throwing around a lot of words. Speaking of imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. I feel I I swear, man. Like I was on this site, spot a guest, and uh, so you meet. It's like podcasters and uh, guests. So it's it's an easy way for people to get together. The site closed down, but. What was interesting, I observed on the site, there was like eight, I swear it was like, this is huge exaggeration, like eight million podcasts about imposter syndrome. (laughs) I'm like, what is going on with this imposter syndrome? Why is that such a big thing now? I'm
1: serious, seriously, I wanna know. You know what I think it is? People are just being more open with mental health in general um, and vulnerability. Thank you, Brene Brown. And I think people are just letting down taking off that mask that we have been so conditioned to keep on, to perfect, to polish, you know, beat the face to the gods, put that mask on. And when we take it off and we're having these real honest and candid conversations, so many of us are like, I do not know what the hell I am doing. I am so scared. And we find out that we are all like, Wounded birds. And here's where the abstract (laughs) metaphors come in. But like, we're these like wounded birds, and we are all harboring childhood wounds. And so many of us have not been given the tools, the equipment, the empowerment to fix those wounds, to break those cycles. And so they project themselves in in different ways and I think for so many of us whether it's because, you know, we came out of school in 2008 when it was the great recession or we just grew up with really tough parents or we're in America where, you know, cash is king, we are projecting a lot of it Within our careers, so going even back to validation, so many of us need that applause from that boss saying, "Oh, great job, Jasmine! You did great on that report." And the less you get it, because not every day you're going to get a gold medal, it's just not possible. But the more you don't get something, or you're not feeling validated, to the more that voice is loud in your head. I used to tell my therapist, I I called it. I think I just called it the voice, but you know the noise mm-hmm. it would get just so loud and so I think the reason it is coming to the forefront is because we are finally all taking that mask off collectively and just being more honest and open with one another. And it is inspiring these very candid conversations. Um, but I personally would imagine it's been going on for years or even our parents. I'm sure both of my parents dealt with imposter syndrome, but it's fake it till you make it. That's just what they called it back then. Fake it till you make
0: Man, it. Man, fake it till you make it. That's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's strange like that... St- to me, it's strange that so many people have had that mentality mm-hmm. for that—that uh, that, um, that you can't be yourself, or you, you feel like you've been told you can't be yourself. That you need to have these this type of behavior to please this type of person or this audience, or behave this way in order to get ahead, type of thing. Oh, um, it's unfortunate yeah. that people feel that they can't be themselves. You know, um, that it's so overwhelmingly common. Mm-hmm. in our society, you know.
1: And and for some people it is they they have the choice. I actually think that's a part of white privilege is being able to bring your whole authentic. Well, let me rephrase that. I think depending um, you know, things can play into like sexual orientation and um mm-hmm. gender identity, but I think the average white American can bring their whole selves to work, but even if we're talking about women of color or black men of color, or black men of color, black men, you, <laughs> you, <yes. laughs> you can't you know. even, you don't even have the choice. You're like, cause you've been conditioned. Uh, uh-uh, uh you better straighten that hair girl up. Uh, yeah. You better, you better, uh, dial into that higher pitch and say, yes, that sounds great. Put on that telephone voice. Um, mm-hmm. so there's all these like little microaggressions, I think that can play a part in it. But even when we kind of divorce ourselves of, you know social injustice um yeah we've all been taught you know you better be the best and if you're not the best don't let them see you sweat don't let them see you cry fight you know we i think we all end up uh taking on this warrior mentality so um so i think i think that's we're we're all just tired darian
0: <laughs> we're just tired
1: yeah, we're just like, okay, let's all can we all agree that we don't none of us know what the hell we're doing? Okay, cool. Awesome.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh it's it's just interesting is these observations of what's going on and I think you know, as you get into podcasting and you know, if you really explore the 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 mode or the medium of podcasting, you'll start seeing a lot of um like similarities or um themes and there's a lot of brokenness in podcasting. A lot of people are using their podcasts as as, as healing, oh you know, or and or their experience and they want to help others. And I think it's really interesting in that uh, podcasting has become a really amazing space for almost, uh, am- uh, I don't want to say it that way. That would have sounded bad. <laughs> more, I think about what I say. I just don't blur stuff out, you know? <laughs> it's more like very informal therapy for people and oh. be able to talk, you know?
1: I- Absolutely. It's, it's so, I'm sure it, it has to be cathartic. Even the few episodes I've recorded um, now, it's, it's really healing for me. And I'm somebody who goes to therapy and has been for 10 years, but just knowing the person that maybe you think has it all together deals with depression or anxiety or, um, you know, maybe you feel, I, I think one of the times my depression was so bad was when I seemingly was on top of the world, um, with, I just gotten a raise and a promotion and I was working with like the CPO and CEO and, you know, I had a dog, like it just seemed like I had all of these things, but, um, but I can, I can absolutely understand how the mic can be this catalyst for, um, internal healing that we all need to do.
0: Most definitely. It's a, it's a journey, you know, it's uh <laughs> yeah. podcasting is kind of a microcosm for society in a sense. And I think you'll see like the people that are successful and are the ones they're, they have tremendous tenacity. They're consistently putting out episodes. There's not this lag time between very professional, um, very open minded, uh, and, um, and so you start seeing what what's the quality that makes somebody successful at something Podcasting's the same thing the same qualities you exert to be successful and 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 moving up and doing well and causing a groundswell of support personally professionally is the same thing in a podcast it's the same thing
1: what do you me. you know at the beginning of the hour you asked uh, some of some some things i learned about myself uh through entrepreneurship Do you think there's any common commonalities that people learn about themselves once they begin podcasting?
0: I think they learn, uh, I think they learn whether they actually wanted to do it or not.
1: Ooh. mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I, I, because I think it's, it's become one of those things. It's like, everybody's starting a podcast. (laughs) Like it feels like it, you know, it's like, oh, I'm starting one. I'm starting one, starting one, blah, blah, blah. And, And I think sometimes um, we don't res- necessarily know if we actually want to do it until you get into the the arena with it, because podcasting is very humbling, in my opinion, because it actually requires a lot of work to do it really well. And like anything that's good in your life, it uh, relationship requires a mm-hmm. lot of work to be good at it. It just it just does. Parenting requires a lot of work to be good at it. <laughs> Anything, your job requires a lot of work to be good at it. And podcasting is the same thing. I studied it and I really decided I knew exactly what I wanted to do. But, you know, most people don't last past seven episodes. It's called pod fading. It's so common, so common. And if you look at, if you just do, and I did this, you just go through a huge scroll of podcasts, hundreds and hundreds, thousands and thousands. Most of them are not updated. Only like 40% of podcasts are actually updated regularly. Or that, so it's actually it's this facade of like everybody's doing it. It feels like it, but really, very few people are doing it regularly, and spending the time to do it well when they do it. That so is, I, very you learn helpful. very quickly. Yeah, yeah, you learn very quickly whether this is for you. It's the time equation for a lot of people. They go, I didn't realize it was going to take this much time. You know?
1: Exactly. Have you read the book, um, "The Subtle Art of Not Giving Enough"? No. Okay. It's so good. Like, by the way, I listen to everything on Audible, so I've I've listened to it, but he talks about that. If you want to figure out, to a degree, he talks about it. I'm obviously paraphrasing, but he's like, everyone thinks they want to be a musician, but they don't want to work a 40-hour week and then go to garage band practice and, you know learn an instrument and go to tryouts. It's like the thing that you really are willing to put your blood, sweat, and tears into, um, all of the behind the scenes, that's when you'll you'll figure out kind of what you're meant to do. So I can see that absolutely being it and pod fading, you've just taught it's me hard, a word. Man. Yeah. But you just taught me a word. <laughs> I'm I like throwing that.
0: word. <laughs> pod fading is a real thing. It's like whenever somebody tells me, during a podcast, I'm like, all right, man, like be consistent. That's, or somebody asked me my advice. They're like, how'd you get to a hundred, like almost 70 podcasts? I'm like, you have to organize it, schedule it. You need to be very mm-hmm. disciplined, mm-hmm. you know, and you need, you just, you need to be consistent. Like it, you can't give yourself a way out. You need to burn the boats and say, this is what I'm doing. And this is important. And you need to be okay if nothing happens.
1: Like, mm, that's cause, really you know,
0: there's this whole thing. People see these super big podcasts and they're making all this money or they see Spotify bought this podcast for all yeah. this money or yeah. whatever. And they want that. Oh, I can to get all these advertisers and I want to make all this money type of thing. I'm like, you're not in it for the right reason. I'm telling you, I'm like anything good. It takes time in the beginning. There's nothing. There's nothing. You're going to have like, vi- like no plays hardly in the beginning, unless you're coming from this big platform already, you know, and you have all these sponsors if you're just starting ground level nothing no support blah blah it's going to be it's going to you're not going to get a lot of people listening in the beginning
1: absolutely well and it's but so funny you say that if you stay
0: consistent and you build it's gonna happen. You'll see. You know.
1: And one of I met with a mentor about two weeks ago. She also has a podcast, um, "The Winning Season." I don't know if I can shout out other podcasts, but she was yeah, telling shout it out. yes. So she was telling me the same thing. I just was. I was asking her some business related questions, and that was one of the biggest things I took away. Was she said treat it like it's your business card, an audio business card. Do not try don't think of this as like another stream of income eventually in time, hopefully it will be but she's like, you can't think of it that way. Don't put pressure on yourself. Like, okay, I need to have this many downloads or I need this many sponsors. She's like, yeah. So I think that was one of the best pieces of advice I got, especially because I actually, speaking of what you said, I don't want to be the person who I have a podcast manager and she's like, Oh, you can like kind of just put things out like, you can record two or three weeks ahead of time and i was like no because i want to go ahead and have like 10 episodes in the bank just so that i know it's like consistent and i don't want to be that person who fades into the background so thank you for all of that advice
0: yeah no it's uh i think it's important Podcasting is a great. It's probably one of the great greatest ways for people to know who you are as a human being. If you're doing it in a way where you're very open and honest in your podcast, and and you talk, when people ask me like, how do you know when I go on a lot of other podcasts, how can people get a hold of you? I'm like, just listen to my podcast. <laughs> yeah, you'll be able to learn a lot about me on that. That's my business card in a sense, or like not necessarily my business card. That's a good way to know me without talking to me initially. Just listen to me, listen to who I talk to, listen to how I ask questions, listen to my demeanor, listen to my laugh, listen, you know, whatever (laughs) on there. And you'll start finding out there's hundreds of hours of conversations I've had with people. You know I mean? It's just, that's one of the better ways to get to know me without, before we have a conversation, you know, um, on the phone or whatever. So I think you just have to take the steps, um, you know, it just takes time. And then you're just trying to reach an inflection point at some point where it just starts turning over on its own and it starts becoming its own machine. And that happens to anything in life if you stay the course, make mm. good decisions, stay sharp about it. And eventually people see you're serious because you've been doing it a long time and you are consistent. They go, Oh, this is here to stay, type of thing. You know, there'll be no pod fading here. I'll tell you that right <laughs> now.
1: I'm <laughs> like, no, you have so many episodes and, um, oh man, gosh, and your tenacity must be insane to because I, I think what people don't realize is how much goes into it. I think they think, okay, you turn on a mic, you talk, maybe you do a little bit of editing and then you put it on the internet, and it's so much more no. than that, especially the coordination, <laughs> scripting, um, research. So, you tenacity is the word that comes to mind. So, I'm sure that is. A word to describe you for sure.
0: Thank you. Well, I think it's you just have to like if it's not your job, if unless it is your job to podcast and you listen, there's a future. If anybody listen to this and they're thinking podcasting would be an interesting future for work, that future is here. It's coming. Yes. I mean, I I'm part of this site. I'm gonna shout out somebody, Kitcaster. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. I they are my podcast agent. So for me, they get me on shows and stuff like that. And um they're amazing. And they even put out podcasting jobs. And it's like that you could be the host for, you know, different companies for their podcast, because this people, people want to have podcasts, but not everybody wants to do it themselves. So they hire other people to do it. I'm not in the business of that. I have my own thing going. I got a lot of other things going. (laughs) But, you know, you know, get, I think there's, it's a whole world out there to get hip to whether it's, you know, you have your own show or you want to, you know, get yourself on a lots of, lots of shows. There's tons of outlets out there, podcast agents, managers who are looking to find talent to get you out there. And uh, I work with a lot of PR people who send me their, uh, clients. Anytime they get clients, they send them to me for my show. I have tons of streams of, of outlets for people to send guests to me at this point, developed this huge network of feeder system of guests. And, um, and then my own podcast agent, you know, through Kitcaster. So it's like, there's, I'm building, I'm doing different things. And if you want to be serious about it, you got to lay the groundwork and the infrastructure to become successful in the podcasting game. You
1: Absolutely. Know? Isn't that incredible that now when people, you know, maybe 20 years ago, if you had a book coming out, you did a press tour, uh, maybe you yeah. went on late night television shows and- and sure, that still happens, of course. But now it's, yeah. especially with the pandemic, um, now I feel like people do podcast rounds when they have something oh, yeah. to promote. Oh, so. yeah. That's the
0: late night TV show yeah. is the podcast. And yes. I sometimes I'll do that just for fun with some people. They'll chat with me and they'll go, I need to get on more podcasts. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get you on 10 just just to see, so you could see what it's like, yeah. you know, and just do the whole thing. So, you know, a buddy of mine was like, you should just be a podcast agent yourself. I'm like, I don't have time for all this, man. (laughs) I got to keep stuff in front of me that I can actually do. But that would be a lane if I was like, you know, if you're an amazing networker and Mm -hmm. you have a tremendous amount of traction with podcasts, think about being a podcast agent. Booking people on shows is a real, real option now for people. There's new jobs out there being created because of these mediums, you know? Oh,
1: even my husband, he, he's an urban planner, but his firm wanted to start a podcast so now he is like a podcast engineer and it's just it's very what you just said it is a whole industry um people don't even know the like the tip of the iceberg we don't even know that much most people um yeah so it's incredible
0: yeah Stick with me Jasmine. I got the answers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have all the answers. I definitely don't. I just, messing around. But Jasmine, you know, we got to be done. We're going to continue oh, no. this chat okay. another time for I sure. I would love to.
1: Seriously, I would but, um, love that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for chatting with me today. And uh, I look forward for people to listen to this podcast. Next week it will be out, but when you're hearing this it'll be now. So, whatever, you know. <laughs>
1: No one knows what day it is anymore. Whatever,
0: man. It'll be out very quickly. I get your stuff out soon. There's no waiting two, three months after you get on my show. It's within seven days. Boom, comes out.
1: I love it. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You got it. And we'll be in touch.
1: All right. Bye-bye.
0: So let me ask you something. How do you get your news? Because I know you want to stay informed with what's going on here in the world. There's so much going on on a regular basis. And it's something that's been a problem for me personally. And I've been searching and searching and searching. And finally, I found a news source that I think all of my listeners are going to love. It's called The Donut, or the dose of news useful today. The founder and CEO, Peter Nowak, is a good friend of mine. And when he turned me on to it, I was just blown away. Finally, a daily news source that delivers succinct and factual news about all the world's occurrences and it's an easy access to finding things that you just want to get information about. And it also serves up a lot of positive news stories that you won't hear anywhere else. It's your daily reminder that there is good in the world, even if it doesn't feel like it sometimes. So get the donut. Stay informed. It's 100% free. You can unsubscribe anytime. Visit the donut.co or text donut to 66866 to sign up today.